Fantasy Adventure Machine. We have arrived at our destination. I am your host, Mr. Mephisto. What did you think about his answers to my questions? Do you think he could mean time enemies? Two men step out of the shadow near the gate. I see you're not of this time. Uh, Miss Derringer, I'm afraid you have already been used as sacrifice. Witness the great sacrifice. Mr. Mephisto, your child is already inside. The youth is sitting there, but parts of them are metal. This is the same cyborg that attacked you in the woods in Virginia. Oh, fuck. All right, so when we left our heroes, you were in two different packs. You was indeed a winged bear carrying a child cyborg, shot full of holes, pursued by cyborgs, uh, with Mahwini hanging out next to him. <laughs> Mahwini. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan over here laughing like nearby. someone just made like a dick joke or something. <laughs> Dan really likes McQueenie. <laughs> Rest of everyone else, we're back in time. Martial law had been Gotta established. Get back in time. And uh, if I remember correctly, oh, we are the going to us. state militia had surrounded the camp, and that's where we left y'all. Wait, what? We did? What? No? Well, guess what? The state militia just surrounded the camp. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was there was no militia yet. Oh, I hadn't announced that. You'd all just gone to sleep. That's where we were at. So I wanted to put it to all of you who would like to go first. Are we asleep? I say uh Effie, Zoo, and Chaos go first. No. Okay. Alright. The morning is gray and drizzly, as most mornings are in western Virginia. It's slightly before the time that you would normally get up. Frank Keeney comes by all of your tents, hollering for everyone to get up. Char rips off her sleeping eye mask that she kept from Beth and puts on her clothes and rushes out, somehow her hair looking immaculate. And when anyone asks, she says, I sleep with a silk pillowcase. And lots of people ask. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just keeps happening. It's really weird. I see uh, Sir Tiffany come out, a lone ranger, a stuffed animal doll is kind of in the crook of his arm as he's walking out into the middle. He obviously slept with it. Uh, Dr. Van Helsing is too old to be told when to get up, so he's going to get up when he wants to. I see you uh, insist on avoiding (laughs) the plot. No, I'm just kidding. I'll get up. Lickety split. Before the dawn, he's up. Walking around, uh, so he's actually already awake when Sky is coming by, telling everybody to uh, to get up. All right. So during your morning walk, you see a cloud of dust approaching down the road, and a number of the watchmen are standing at the edge of the camp, holding weapons. That's great. Good job, guys. <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> As you watch the watchers, horsemen ride in from the road. Uh, Van Helsing does a cringe dance up to the, up to the people on the horses, and he says, Why? <laughs> you look like you have been riding hard. Quick, is something wrong? 
The state militia is coming. Thousands. <laughs> and so are you. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's what they do with the The episode title. <laughs> The, episode, the state militia is coming, and so are you. Wow, is that is that just our thing? All of our episodes is gonna be something is coming, and so are you. It'll be like fortune cookies. You will welcome a new guest in bed. Uh, I hate all of you. Oh dear, we must hurry. And I uh, run towards the center of camp as fast as my old bones can take me. All right, and this is where everyone else wakes up. Oh, yay. Quick, the militia's coming. Wait, they're coming quickly or we need to be quick? Oh, quick, wake up. The militia's coming. I, I'm, I'm already awake. Are you awake? I, yes, I have been awake for hours. Gee, what is going on? The militia is coming. <laughs> I just wanted to hear him say that one more time. <laughs> And so must you. Let us go. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> perfect is an adjective. <laughs> Shara looks for um, like all the leaders, like Mother Jones and Frank Keeney and uh, anyone else who like might lead a small faction or be in charge of something and says, all right, what are our defenses? Should we try and set a trap for them? Could we dig a giant pit? Do we have a trench around the, the camp? <laughs> Did the scouts say how far they are out? How close are they? Scouts report they are on the edge of the forest. We got, at most, two hours. Oh, oh that's a long time. Two hours? We can train a whole a militia by then, dig pits. I would assume we've already trained our own people. Okay, this is the time. Enact the plan. Certainly our boys are stout of heart and, uh, and no slouch when it comes to fighting. But the question must be asked, do we really want to engage in armed conflict with the state troops? I would say no, hence the giant pit. My dear Shah, I find it highly unlikely that we will be able to catch thousands of state militia members in a giant pit. Mm, that makes sense. I think I watched too much Pokemon with uh, <laughs> chaos should we set the woods on fire can we like drop some irons on them or like uh get the door really really hot we're not in the house and this ain't no home alone <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not know who in fact you are but uh I, I don't reckon that we could do any of them things right out to meet them a small delegation of us and stall so the rest of them can build a pit. <laughs> While it may indeed come to some armed conflict, I do think, Shah, that you are correct. We should first ascertain their motives. Wow, I feel like I've been praised. All right, let's go. <laughs> we should let the women and children escape across the river. We could indeed take a, uh, take a group north in case. With the bridge out, they probably will be somewhat protected. I do think that would be good. All right. The camp is a flurry of activity. A group is formed that includes Frank Keeney, yourselves, Mother Jones, and at least one of the Chinese minor captains, as well as Fred Mooney. Who's Fred Mooney? He came up earlier. He's the guy that only has, like, he has a false eye, and it's just, like, really big, and it looks around all on its own, like... Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I know exactly who he is now. Thanks. I remember that. Okay. 
Does he also turn little kids into ferrets? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now I remember that scene specifically yeah. from earlier when I was when I was telling the Lone Ranger story. He got mad at a kid. He, he turned him into a ferret. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, we can we get him. Typical Fred Mooney. Can we bring Fred Mooney in case we need someone turned into ferrets? <laughs> into ferrets. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if negotiations go poorly, I'll just turn to him and be like, so, ferret ties? Ferret ties. <laughs> ferret ties him, Captain. All, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the ride is swift on horses that are well rested. And as you approach, the column of dust, barely visible over the mist, uh, go, grows more and more distinct on the horizon. When you're several hundred yards out, riders in state militia uniforms fall in beside you from the woods. Were they hiding in the woods? They were outriders. They're scouts. Oh, okay. A scout. Are they selling cookies? (laughs) How well armored is everyone? I mean, I got armor. You are a knight. (laughs) Uh, I think Char probably has like a gun strapped to her leg, like under her dress, but otherwise looks harmless. Okay. I'm wearing um, like a night dress with one of those little caps. (laughs) And I in my cap. (laughs) No, no. Do you have your big medical bag? (laughs) I, uh, I have my big medical bag and I'm dressed normally in my fine clothing. All right. Ooh, I have a question for you, Nathan. Mm. Does Van Helsing wear... A cravat? Sometimes. Like one of those, like, holster harnesses things where the guns are, like, up here? No, no, no. He keeps his guns in his medical bag. Oh, lame. (laughs) That way they can accidentally go off. (laughs) (laughs) One of the writers approaches and asks, Now... What be your intention in these woods today, my fine folks? Oh, hey! Char tosses her hair, uh, and it, like, (laughs) flows behind her as she's riding on this horse, which probably is a white horse, the only one in the entire camp, and she chose it just for her. And she goes, Hi, we're just here to talk. Is that cool with you? I'd love to talk. Indeed, indeed. Do you, uh, do y'all represent the leadership of the Strikers? Oh, um, would that be a problem? No, ma'am, that is indeed who we are coming to find. Oh, yes. Uh, In that case, yes, we do. Most excellent. If you will please accompany me, we will escort you to the Major Colonel. Oh, I'd love that. Um, Can can you tell me your name? I'd love to know what your name is. Now, y'all seem to just be making the DM come up with more names on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Names help connections be formed. My my name is, uh, is Guy. Sebastian. (laughs) Do I even have a last name? (laughs) Guy Uh, person. (laughs) Guy McMahon. Guy comma fun. Oh my goodness, Guy McMahon? Hi, I'm I'm Charlotte Rossetti, and I honestly have to say that a man in uniform does not fail to impress. You look like you're, I mean, I honestly thought that you were the one in charge here. Uh, he blinks a few times, and he says, Ma'am, well, I do indeed appreciate the uh, complimentations. I really have no outcome on the bearing of this, uh, this here engagement. So I'm going to ride quietly and I invite you to do the same. Oh, that's fine. Ugh, the strong silent hype. 
a little bit impressive. Oh my. <laughs> Please, we are here to see the colonel. <laughs> if you'll all just follow me. He guides you, if you're willing to go, into the midst of a solid regiment of state militiamen in blue uniform, not the same as the Baldwin Feltz detectives. Let me let me be clear on that, just in case anybody was getting a little bit twitchy. Snakes down the wood trail out of sight. The front rows part before you, and you're soon engulfed in militiamen. Finally, a halt is called, and a man with an especially nice plume in his hat and an especially nice red mustache pulls his horse up before you. Now I, now I say I am, I am Colonel Franklin Morris. Is this Foghorn Leghorn? Uh, I am doing Foghorn Leghorn. Yes! yes! Of the West Virginia State Militia, I do declare, and I would like to know, are you folks indeed the leaders of the strikers in yonder encampment? Uh, now, I will say we are an envoy from Zelitas. We are authorized to speak for Zelitas, but we are not Zelitas of this group. We are an authorized envoy of the leaders of the striking party. And I am Professor Dr. Abraham Van Helsing, MD, DLIT, etc. At uh, your service. Shar pulls her horse up skillfully next to the major colonel. And she holds out her hand like she's like going to let him take it. And she goes, it's an honor to meet you, Major Colonel Franklin. We, as my uh, dear partner, Dr. Professor Abraham Van Helsing, uh, has stated, are an envoy with authority to speak for the strikers. Well, indeed, young lady, I am indeed charmed. It is a pleasure, a pleasure indeed. And he takes your hand in his uh, kid gloves to give you a kiss on the back of the hand if you will accept it. Char allows it, and she wills herself to uh, flush a little bit because she's practiced enough to do that. Does he have baby hands? Uh, no, he's he's got kid kid gloves. Are yeah, kid the gloves. White gloves. Yeah, they're they're gloves. They're made, made from baby just, cows. Yes, they're very soft Man, gloves. I was hoping that he had little baby hands. <laughs> That's why he had kid gloves. <laughs> well, indeed, I, uh, I I do reckon that we will uh, continue on into the old camp. But uh, I I'm happy to tell you the uh, conditions upon which we are coming. We are we are sent from Governor Glasscock, and we are here. In, are you okay, Nathan? I'm sorry, what did you say the governor's name was? <laughs> Go governor William Glasscock. Oh, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> Logan, that the Logan first has time. literally, literally known this probably now. for a very long time. And as we have been making so many jokes ab about whatever innuendo we're making jokes about for the last like four weeks... Logan's just sitting there like, uh, at least I haven't had to say the word glass cock yet. Uh, Mother Jones nudges you in. Uh... You can tell Governor Glasscock that I may have something to help his condition. <laughs> there is a uh, two options for treatment. There is a topical ointment, which can be applied uh, twice daily, or there is... Uh, a suppository, which could also be used. 
My, my dear Dr. Professor, I, I do declare that I appreciate the hospitality in which you are showing our governor. However, it is merely a last name and not a descriptor. <laughs> and uh, Mother Jones nudges you and says, this is why I call him Crystal Peter, to avoid the embarrassment. <laughs> that was good. Uh, which is uh, historically actually what she did call him. Oh um, my God. That's uh, fantastic. Uh, yes, Mother, that is very good. Thank you. Yes, Chris, Crystal Peter. <laughs> I write that down in my diary. <laughs> uh, the the Colonel blinks at everyone. It, yeah, yes. Uh, anyway, as as I was saying, I am I am here to uh, provide the uh, we would say. Uh, terms under which we are coming to meet y'all and uh, inform you of Governor Glasscock's intentions towards... I was waiting for anybody to chime in there. No, we're good. Okay, okay, good. Super awesome. Crystal Peter, Governor Crystal Peter, please. Governor Glasscock's <laughs> intentions in sending us to you and also to the mine operators. Mm-hmm. Yes, please provide that documentation to me. I am the lawyer. I will review it. Yeah, very good. I will have my uh, clerk fetch you the documentation. But basically, we have seen that there's been a number of deaths that have come out of these strikes. And uh, Governor Glasscock has decided that it is time to bring the sides together in peace for the purpose of negotiation. And, uh, and we are just coming to try and lessen the tensions before any of that... Uh, unsavory business may continue. So we are going to come and uh, disarm both sides, and then we shall meet in a week's time at the state capitol. Hmm. Um, that's, that's cool. Uh, when you say disarm both sides, I would just love to know if you'll be disarming them at the same time you're disarming us. And indeed, also, indeed, young lady. We rightfully own all of any at any firepower that we might have. And so we would expect it to be returned once negotiations are over. And y'all and all the miners will receive receipts, which can be submitted with my clerk to recover their firearms after these unfortunate times have ended. My goodness, you're such an organized man. I like that. I am a military man, miss. That brings me to my my issue with this whole situation. You see, you, Colonel, have come with a militia. A militia does not typically form for peaceful negotiations. And if this militia is to be disarmed, what was the point to bring this militia in the first place? Well, you do indeed misunderstand. I have no intention of disarming my militia. However, since you have, I say, upwards of 10,000 organized men in your camp, we have come in force to make sure there is no misunderstanding and the governor's orders may be carried out. And I promise you we are doing the same to them Baldwin Feltz, ma'am. At the same time? Yes, indeed, ma'am. Uh, Mother Jones, maybe you'd be the right person to finish off this discussion. I don't know that we rightly could hold them off even if we cared to. There are plenty of men in the camp, however, they are armed, and I do believe I see a cannon. I've never backed down from a fight. I'm not going to start now. 
But it will be a fight should we decide to make it one. Dan and Nathan, I don't know what we should do. Don't leave a single soul alive? We're going to make the whole entire nation our enemies. Aren't, haven't, like, some of the people left? Can you not, like, have them go and hide and then be like, look, we only have a hundred people. Here are our guns and problem solved. I was thinking that it would be beneficial to try and hide some of our weapons. However, that's a very last resort. Like, we don't want to use weapons in a negotiation unless it goes really, really poorly. Yeah. Because ultimately, like, we want this negotiation to happen. We want it to go in our favor. The thing that I'm looking for here is just, like, is there any kind of action or conversation or preparation that we should be trying to do with the major colonel? If we are the envoy, why do they have to go to the camp in the first place? Why can't it just be their delegates, our delegates, working together right here in the woods? I mean, obviously something fishy is going on. Yeah. I say that this whole situation is highly unusual. It would be much more normal for us to maybe come with you away from our camp. We leave them alone. They will stay there. And we can go and speak to Baldwin Feltz together with your help and begin negotiations now. Now, indeed, I, I do reckon that uh, this is uncommon, but it is also uncommon for 10,000 armed men to be hidden away in the valley. Armed men? There are women and children in that camp. Yeah. And armed men. I assure you, we don't have a ton of firepower. We have maybe a, a fifth of what Baldwin Feltz has. I mean, ma'am, this is... Simply a precaution, but if y'all prefer, instead of disarming the miners, I could have my militia stand by around your camp until the delegations may commence in the next week at the capital. This, this is a mistake. These men are here because they are afraid for themselves. Bringing two armed forces closer together can only cause more death and bloodshed. Please let us keep our forces separate. I assure you that we are only trying to protect our livelihoods, and we are not going to take any actions that would stop that from happening. Additionally, <clears throat> if you must act as a mediator in this situation, then please camp your militia between Baldwin Feltz and us. Do not surround our camp. When we and are if not I could point out, taking the situation. arms away from these men would only make them more afraid of the situation and what is happening. Well, I do appreciate the, uh, the concerns that y'all have raised. Perhaps we can find some common ground. We would like to put out an arrest for the men who've been involved in the death of the Baldwin-Fest agents and other mine workers. <laughs> no, don't say, don't say that. Don't say that. You would have to put out an arrest for genuinely the leader of the Baldwin-Feltz group, as they were the ones who ordered that train to ride through our camp and shoot our miners. I suppose you'd like me to believe that there were no avoidable killings that happened. I mean, I genuinely don't think that any law would well, they start designate at us first, anything as avoidable. Yeah. Would y'all be willing to have a team of investigators in to examine the miners and make any arrests that we consider necessary 
No, that's discrimination. Ma'am, I I don't reckon that you understand what martial law means. I probably don't. That's good. You see, I am the the leader in charge of the militia, and the governor has placed the law in my hands, and that means I make the decisions, and my decisions indicate that we need to take the people who've been involved in murders and put them under lock and key, therefore there will not be more murders. Now, we can do this the nice way, where we come with our friendly little military police, and we take the people who are involved, or we can do this the uncomfortable way, where you are forcibly disarmed and spread around and not allowed to congregate, which sounds more convenient for you and your people. I genuinely think that if we allow this investigation to happen that it's going to result in a bunch of minors particularly uh those of asian descent that will be arrested and the baldwin felts will get off relatively scot-free so i i would rather try and stop the investigation from happening i've tried hard to like have a conversation with him and let it and let it go but i would like to try and use good vibes only if you guys are, are cool with it I think that if they go into our camp, yeah, the there's going to be a fight that breaks up. Yeah. So I really think that we should avoid having them go into our camp and we should try to just have normal negotiations. Okay. Char turns her head for one second and then turns it back, flipping her hair like as slow-mo as she can, having a dazzling smile. And she goes, Major Colonel, I'm so appreciative of your dedication to trying to make sure that everything is fair and good and according to the martial law that you are setting. We absolutely don't want to have any murderers running around. And I assure you that we've taken measures to make sure that there's a thorough screening process of those that come into our camp so that we don't have anyone like that. Now, I would be more than happy to have a little tete-a-tete with you and, and discuss any specific questions that you have, but don't you think that, you know, we would be honest to you if there was any murderers that we were associated with? I mean, please, Major Colonel, Franklin, can I call you Frank? You can trust us. You can roll rapport for this for good vibes only, and then we'll resolve the rest of it. Okay. I've got a plus two to the dice, plus three for rapport on good vibes only, plus four to normal rapport. So that is a plus... Six plus eight, nine. Okay, so you start calling upon your mental powers. Do you remember fighting the cyborg in the forest? Uh, yes, but that consequence went away. There was a consequence that went away, yes. But there was a block place that you were unable to push through before. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens here is as you reach for that power, you can feel it like it's behind a glass surface just out of reach. And you can push through, effectively it was a a two-use thing. So what happens at this point is you reach through for that power and you shatter the glass and you can feel it, but you are exhausted from the effort and you do not get the good vibes only here. You will be able to use it again in the future. Okay. So you've broken through Um, A little bit of sweat on your forehead, which is unusual for you. 
She wipes it quickly with the back of her hand, but it looks like she's just fixing her hair. Can take one from and me. And now I want you to roll deceive. Okay. Do you have deceive, Nathan? I do not. Cool. Well, I have a plus three deceive. I rolled a plus one on the dice, and I have a plus one from Dan, That's so that is good. currently just a plus five. Okay. It is not bad. If I need more, I will spend a fate point. Now tell me, Miss Shaw, about these screening procedures about which you've been using. Uh, yes, absolutely. Have you ever gone through an interview process yourself? <laughs> Ma'am, I'm in the military. That doesn't answer my question. We have frequent debriefings. Ab okay, great. We have actually um, formulated this, you know, interview like a very similar debriefing kind of assessment, if you will, on what someone's intentions are. Uh, and I can assure you that our camp only allows people to come in who have good and positive intentions. And you'll note that murdering is not part of that. This sounds most excellent. I would like to have my people present while you go through these interviews with everyone in your camp again. Hmm. That feels like discrimination. You keep throwing this word around like I care. Let me make something very clear. Our men are peaceful, but if unwanted groups march into our camp, I strongly believe that there will be unnecessary yes. death. Please. Oh, yeah, if you need to detain someone, detain me. Now, I was given to understand that y'all was merely envoys and not leaders. If you knew you were talking to a leader, would you not have possibly taken different action? No, no sir. I, uh, I have my actions planned out. Well, <laughs> one might say that I was on a bit of a railroad. <laughs> <laughs> I was attempting to avoid any unpleasantness. Uh, excuse me for not being forthright to, to, to begin with. If y'all are willing to uh, come with me and be the uh, safe hostages until the negotiations may take place, I may be amenable to that request. Okay, yes. Um, um, However, um, you, someone you must be allowed us. to go back to the camp, yes. I will send back the old lady. I look at, at my companions and... Uh, uh, I would like to go back with her as well, unless this is negotiations that we're talking about. He's not talking about taking you to negotiations, yep, Nathan. He's I'm okay with taking, that. Talking about as long as we have Frank Mooney with until us. Until the no negotiations. Shar turns to him and she says, I am Mother Jones's companion and caretaker. Uh, as you can see, <laughs> she is nearing her hundredth birthday <laughs> and needs to have me with her as I assist her with her daily tasks. If you would, you know, rather provide someone of your team to do that for her. That's great, but uh, <laughs> I assure you, you don't want to. <laughs> Are you my granddaughter? Yes, yes, grandma. <laughs> Everything's no. okay, grandma. <laughs> Very well. This is acceptable. Thank you so much uh, for listening to our plight. This will... Save many lives. Is reacting to this at all? <laughs> I don't like doing too many NPCs at once. I feel like Frank Keaty's got to be like, I don't want to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he, uh, I mean, he would probably be up for this, given what I know of Frank Keaty. Okay. As you ride away, Char, 
Uh, Mother Jones says, There are many more ways to fight a war than simply with the guns, Miss Shaw, and we will use some of them now. Okay. I feel really exhausted. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how burnt out I am feeling at the end of that conversation. And also, my heart hurts because I am worried, Mother Jones. I, I don't know how we win this. I don't know how we win this. Hey fam, sorry to interrupt these jaunts with the timeline with something as boring as ads, but here are a few words from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Hans. And I'm Brandon, bitch. And we are here to pump you up. No, Hans, no. uh, We're here to introduce you to our new project, Nerds of Paradise. Nerds of Paradise is our new Twitch and YouTube channel where we will be streaming games that interest us and hopefully you. We're going to be starting with Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet when it comes out, and uh, we're hoping to have a blast. So come on over to our channel and watch our first group stream on November 9th. See you there! In a world of fast cars and crazy interdimensional hijinks, it can be difficult to find the comfortable moments. Whether you're being thrown about by a temperamental time ship, jostled in a hard wooden carriage from the 1800s, or just being forced to walk the plank by Blackbeard having a temper tantrum, Pure Ring is there for you. We understand that you aren't a spring chicken with infinite tolerance for taking it rough anymore. Things have slowed down and that's okay. With Pure Ring, you can have comfort at the push of a button. Our patent-pending wearable technology condenses 2,700 psi of pressurized compressed air into a stylish silicone ring that inflates a cushion made of 100% pure rubber that insulates and stimulates your behind to skillfully absorb shocks and bumps while being incredibly discreet. Pure ring? Because we know that even though you're old as Great Caesar's ghost, you still get it rough, and for those times... We'll be there. Hey fam, Sarah here. I wanted to take a moment and say that we as the fam plus Dan can't thank you enough for journeying through time with us. If you know someone who'd enjoy listening to our seemingly endless shenanigans, please share our show with them and let us know you've shared it by interacting with our Instagram, TikTok, and other social media accounts. And while you're at it, give us a follow. We post about new episodes and sometimes make funny videos. Lastly, you can now rate our podcast on several streaming services. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, let us know, and I'll make you cookies or send you a sticker or something. Effie, let's uh, drop to you on the ground. Aren't I in a tree? She, she's in a tree, yes. You are in a tree, yes. But you are in the ground relative to Zoo, who is in the sky. Correct. You can see Zooman as a winged bear carrying a child in his mouth. Floating Mr. Mahwini next to him and three of the cyborgs of your own design chasing after him in the air. The sky illuminated by their rocket boots. Rocket boots. And as I fly over you, you can actually see the, the moon through some of the holes in my <laughs> I am f***ed up. Is he really flying over me? Uh, if you want to, sure. Then I could fire something into the air to try and catch the other ones. Okay. 
Describe how, uh, what you'd like to do. Um, I would like to project from my magical arm of magicness, uh, electromagnetic field into the sky. An electromagnetic field. All right. That's good. Do you right? mean a field or a pulse? A field. Like, are you shooting an EMP and at then them? Then if they fly through it, then they'll fall down. Yeah. Okay. A sustained EMP. All right. Uh, that oh. is going to be using your gun arm special to yes. put an aspect on the scene. Yes. So give me a shoot roll. Five plus three, eight. Eight. Okay. Describe what actually occurs as far as visuals. Give word picture, plus. Well, in the tree where no one can see me, I raise my gun arm into the air. Don't you say my line. Then. Why would she say by the might of Sir Tiffany's sword right now? <laughs> It's my line because she raised like, her gun arm the, into the air. By the might of Sir Effie's gun arm. <laughs> a little light underneath my left knuckle pulses dimly, like when you turn on your headphones, and then there's an invisible EMP wall shoots up into the sky, but no one can see it. It's very um, anticlimactic <laughs> until it is flown through. Then it would be more exciting. All right. Uh, one of the three cyborgs is caught in this and crashes down to the ground. Fried, right? Fried. Temporarily out of commission. Panko crumbs or like more traditional breadcrumbs or like a flour? <laughs> uh, Rice Krispies. Oh, okay. <laughs> or uh, maybe corn flakes. Corn flakes? Yeah. Corn flakes. Yeah. Let's make a reference okay. that no one will understand because uh, <laughs> that part definitely got cut. <laughs> Perfect. As I keep flying, I'm like, <laughs> but muffled because there's a child in my mouth. Uh huh. You know, I don't reckon that that's uh, those are words that a child's ear should hear, Mister Zuman. <laughs> to be fair, it was very muffled, so I don't know if anyone really heard it. Not now. Come on. Where am I going? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not telling you what to do. <laughs> Can you at least help with the guys behind me? Oh, yeah. What kind of help would you like? Knock them out of the sky. Do something. Float in their field of vision. Distract them. Literally anything other than floating next to me like the ghost of Christmas past. I was I was trying to see what you would do as a hero. But, uh, okay. And he snaps his fingers. Okay. All of you are inside the mansion of your friend from the last episode one who was actually a scumbag the one who was actually a scumbag uh, am i still a wicked bear you are still a winged bear you are still full of holes you are still holding a child um i gingerly place the child on the ground right. and look very confused what did you do man yeah you, you wanted to you wanted help so i got you away uh thanks i i guess now i have a question you seem to value the life of this child very highly. Uh, yeah. Is that true? That's very good. Yeah, I mean, of course, any any child. Well, not any is child. the fate of this child <laughs> worth undoing Rude. the multiverse? You know, uh... Multiverse. You know, McWinnie, yeah. those, those are the kind of questions that uh, I save for when I'm human and not full of holes. <laughs> I only ask you, you see, because 
this child is the one that y'all killed in the woods in West Virginia. And it was through absorbing some of their memory that you were able to come here in the first place. So if they never become a cyborg to go back in time to attack you in West Virginia, then you never could have come here originally. Uh, that's like wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. We, we tend to ignore that as we go through our <laughs> escapades. This is just a especially egregious uh, abuse of the timeline, and I fear it could have consequences. Well, uh, I tell you what, I'm uh, I'm going to make sure this youth is uh, still breathing, and then you know, and then I'll let them make their own choices from uh, from that point on, and what happens will happen. So you are choosing to not make a decision about the fate of the timeline. Am I understanding this correctly? Yeah, the last time we made a decision about the timeline, it, it uh, resulted in months and months of work and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and eight years uh, in, a, in a really, you know, strange land. So I, I try to avoid making those kind of decisions. Do you think that most people would feel similarly? Uh, I think after they did it once, everyone would feel exactly the same. I understand. So making difficult decisions that affect other people is very hard. Yes, and the and the letter of the day is W, and the number is six. <laughs> and, and you think? Do you think uh, any of y'all that people would prefer not to make those decisions? Well, I mean, usually I am people, and I will say that I definitely don't want to do it ever again. So yes, I appreciate this information. I will now leave you be. I have other things to attend to. Uh, sure, sure. I'm still bleeding to death. Can anyone help me out? Uh, uh, <laughs> this is a fascinating conversation, but uh, I can see through me. So somebody help me out over here. Thanks, McQuitty. And he's gone. Oh, Hooray. McQuitty! Legitimately can see the floor through my leg. <laughs> somebody get me a bloody bandage. Actually, hold the blood. I've got plenty. I'd say you have a lot less than you did like five minutes ago. You know what? You know what, talking trench coat guy? You're probably right. And Zoo just like flops to the ground as a massive grizzly bear with wings. I, uh, I think we just get him back to Beth. Yeah, good fucking luck with that. I mean, I guess maybe Effie could one-arm me over her shoulder. <laughs> I weigh like a ton. I'll just pick you up by your waist... I'm still a pants. bear. I don't have a waistband. You could literally just like throw. You'd probably be fine. Throw me over your shoulder. You're, you're Jack. You could probably uh, make some uh, bandages. You do have resources. Or use your webs to fill the gaps. <laughs> I was going to say the holes, but I thought Nathan would die. <laughs> Zoo raises his head one last time, looks at Effie, and uh, his head flops down, his eyes close, and as he does, his body begins to shrink and minimize until he is just a man that still, for some reason, has wings. An angel. Because I assume this could be like the gorilla hands or the bear hands where I'm stuck with them for a hot minute, but we can figure that out later. The youth um, who has been kneeling on the floor, um, more or less catatonic, looks up through dark hair and says, An angel. I take everyone back to Beth. We don't need to say how it's done. 
<laughs> I was gonna say you should leave Logan to contribute to the scene. He chaos is there. As you wish. Everyone is back in Beth. Uh, chaos drags the child into Beth and the door shields shut behind the group. Ah, wow. I didn't think that uh, you could use a wheelbarrow that way, but uh, here we are, I guess. Nice. Now we have probably like 15 minutes before the cyborgs figure out where Beth is, if I had to guess. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, zoom in doesn't look very good. And then I fold out again. You hear over the comms, oh no, he always looks like that. Wait, was that supposed to be Van Helsing or Beth? <laughs> is Zuman unconscious? As Keith desires. Even the out based on comic timing is essentially the answer. Let's enter the void and treat Zuman when we are out of danger for the moment. Okay. I would be more than happy to take Mr. Dr. Zuman and help him heal. A little thing comes out of the floor, like the whole floor panel is replaced by another one, and the panel that Zoomin is laying on becomes a little trolley, and it rolls down the hallway off to the infirmary for him to get treated <laughs> by Beth. Yep, that happens. Uh, Ralph and Dr. Van Helsing. Yes! Your journey to Charleston. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> the passage to Charleston. Somewhat uneventful, but certainly uncomfortable. The wagon brought by the military does not have what you would consider modern shocks or anything that would make the bumpy road anything less than unpleasant. Now, for men who are used to such things, this would not be a problem, but one of you is wearing metal pants and the other of you <laughs> is somewhere between 50 and 100 years old. <laughs> Depending on the hour. Depending on the hour. So please go ahead and roll me a physique check to see how you're feeling. Right. I got a five. It's superb. I'm superbly physiqued. I rolled a minus two. Frankly, and... that's no less than you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that makes it a minus zero. That's just a zero. Okay, uh, it's going to be just two points of stress added to you as you have somewhat bruised hindquarters during this uncomfortable journey. Frank, on the other hand, does not look at all perturbed. Hey, Frank, uh, you're used to getting it rough, huh? In the butt, hmm? Huh? Hmm? Huh? What? <laughs> Why do you sound like Chris Pratt's Mario? <laughs> except, except here's the thing. Nathan sounds like Chris Pratt's Mario, who actually sounds like Linda from Bob's Burgers. Correct. This is, let me try again. I want to try again. Frank, what is the secret to keeping your butt from getting bruised when it's so rough? Frank gives you a long, slow blink. He says, old feller, I reckon you don't know exactly how tough it is to be a coal miner. <laughs> oh, indeed. Good show. Aha. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Good show. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Father. We will take good care of you should things come push to shove. Thank you. I will sit here and take my beating. When the carriage does finally stop, carriage being a uh, loose term, you find yourself in front of a squat stone building. Frank looks out and his lips tighten. He says, 
Now, I did understand we were being kept as collateral, but this is not exactly the accommodations that I may have hoped for. The guards don't say anything. They just usher you off. When you get inside, the dark light in the room barely illuminates dirty straw, but the smell is not muffled. But there is some light. There's some light. Which reflects off of my shiny armor and creates more light. Yes. Illumination. You are a natural lighthouse. <laughs> I don't know. I just watched part of The Mummy. They did a thing with uh, mirrors in there. That looked good. Anyway. <laughs> this cell is at least nice. half as good as the one chair that I got the whole time Vic was our leader. <laughs> and i sit down in the hay and start checking the area for anything unpleasant that i would want to sit on well the first unpleasant thing you find is another man what is this who is this who it that? might not be that unpleasant to be honest <laughs> I've learned some tricks about taking it rough on the way here. Oh, <laughs> I quit. I'm, going home. I'm just kidding. You are home. Is he in the hay? Yes. Young hey, who are you? Are you here as collateral with us? What was that word, Frankini? <laughs> All this cattle, I think that'll about do it. The man who was pulled out of the straw says, in a, uh, a roughened voice. As he uh, extracts himself, you realize this is where the smell was coming from. Oh, how long has it been since you've taken a shower? Charlotte says that you should take a shower every day. She's always getting on Kios's case on that. He needs to take more showers, apparently. Well, when's the last time that y'all saw me around? I have no idea who you are, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and roll me recognize someone that you saw in passing a few times. Oh, would that be a notice? Yeah, notice will work. Okay, then that is a five. Don't worry, because you have not actually met this character as yourselves. Only your characters have met this character in passing because it's been some time. Don't ask me questions. What? This man was one of the union organizers who had gone up with you north on one of your uh, attempts to gather in more miners and had somehow been lost. That was oh. not uncommon. These things happen, but uh, it has been several months since you've seen him last. And his name is indeed Jacob Bone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I will pull Jacob Bone up. Um, just kind of stand him up and pat him on the back and be all, Sir Bone, it's been a while. <laughs> oh yes, Sir Bone. Yeah, you didn't exactly look for me very hard, did you? My goodness, I was I was getting myself all ready in the hay and ready to, to roll around. And who did I find oh all there God. ready for me? Mr. Bone! <laughs> Bone Daddy? <laughs> Listen, I, I can tell you are not opposed to getting dirty, but let me warn you that I don't think we'll have a chance to get clean again anytime soon. This guy sounds so sad. Oh my goodness. Things are more dire than I thought. We'll get you showered here pretty soon. Well, we won't get you showered. We'll get you out so you can shower yourself. How did you end up here, Jacob Bone? While we were, <laughs> while we were out to the north, 
some of the Baldwin Feltz men caught me discussing the strike with miners and they did not take well to it. I'm not the only one. The I think villains. there's a number of us up here. Just before you arriving, I was hearing that our trials are being moved up. That's good. Apparently martial law makes uh, trials a lot easier. So do any of you know anything about the law? Why, yes, I happen to be a trained law man. (laughs) 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 Yes, I know the law and I enforce the law also with Z's nuts. I think it's very illegal to enforce the law. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, lots of people sleep hey. their way to the top. I actually reflexively reach into my bag to pull out my two revolvers, which I have named. <laughs> these, these nuts. These are nuts. Yes. I'm going to decide to jump scenes here. <laughs> oh, no. Good call. We're going but to I go was, back to camp. I was camp. doing so well, I thought. Placing all of your hope on me. (laughs) Are you making friendship bracelets and canoeing? No. At least she's not yelling these nuts. Hey, I'm a businesswoman. Char, as soon as you get back to camp with Mother Jones, she starts calling all of the women that are great at organizing together into the largest tent she can find. You are there with her, I assume. Yep. Right. right by her side, taking notes. All right. She stands in the midst of them, and she starts with, Now, the menfolk, they have indeed been taken by the military, and we are under law, martial law. So I recommend first that we get all the weapons that we can out of camp, but secondly, we must fight the way that we still can fight. As women, we know the way to fight is by changing hearts, minds, and filling stomachs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You just hear Van Helsing, my potatoes are there for you. (laughs) (laughs) Serving from beyond prison potatoes. Prison potatoes. Prison potatoes. (laughs) Uh, Char makes sure that she like claps, makes everyone else start clapping. (laughs) We are going to organize a march on the Capitol with no weapons, only umbrellas. Are these umbrellas secretly shotguns? Miss Shar, I do so love having you with me. You are such an imaginative young girl. I do what I can. Thank you. You are so wonderful. And I hope one day that you can learn that not all umbrellas need to be shotguns. Sometimes an umbrella is just an umbrella. Oh, well, you see, uh, I think I just think of Effie a lot. And if Effie was going to make an umbrella... It would be a shotgun umbrella. <laughs> mm, should we bring pasta with glass in it instead then? You said we make our way into their hearts by feeding them, right? So if we feed them, they're like, oh, yes, I'll have your bowl of pasta. But then they eat it and uh, they're uh, unfortunately eating glass. So then we take over the capital, right? I do not believe that my methods are quite so direct as yours. Hmm. Okay, I'll, I'll take a step back. I'll take it a step yeah, back. However, however, I mean, there, there is something to eating glass, especially for, for Governor uh, Crystal Peter. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's things there. I, I can't go into them. It's, it's not polite. Now, 
eating glass like in pasta or were you eating glass as in crystal peter <laughs> don't do either don't don't do either uh. <laughs> i am over 80 years old i certainly have experienced everything a woman could experience in that time but i really have no further use for any peter whether it be uh, glass or otherwise good you would break van helsing's heart and then i would have to Step in and intervene. Anyway, uh, you've got a great plan. So um, do you want me to go tell like others in the camp too? Sure, I do have a special request from you. We must make sure that this is nonviolent. However, I believe it would be very useful if we were to enlist some of the Chinese men. Okay. I do not speak Mandarin. What I do speak, nobody really knows because this accent is all over the place. <laughs> it's beautiful, Mother Jones. It's, it's beautiful. When you're 80 years old, you can have whatever accent you want to. Uh, anyway, yeah. would you be so kind as to find some of the Chinese men that would be willing to participate in this umbrella march? Yeah, how many do you want? I can get all of them. Can you? Maybe. As many as you can get done. All right. All Just, right. Just uh, count on me, Mother Jones. We leave in the morning. All right. Pack the bags, everyone. By that, I mean umbrellas. And Char marches off. Uh, as soon as she feels like she's out of sight of everyone in the tent, crouches down against a tent and wipes her forehead and goes, I, I never know what to do in those situations. Everyone looking at me in real life instead of looking at me like through my phone. I will never get used to that. <laughs> and then she stands up, flicks her hair, walks away toward the tent that she knows has the different leaders of the groups of Chinese workers. All right. Once again, as you move into the Chinese part of the camp, you are struck by the relative quietness. Without the women talking or the children running about, it is a more somber atmosphere. And the faces are a little bit tighter. And a little uh, bit Char more starts whistling to try and liven up the mood. She goes. <laughs> uh, over and over again. <laughs> uh, you certainly notice the men watching you as you move through. Char's really friendly. She smiles and waves at everyone, asks how they're doing, says, hey, nice haircut. Hey, <laughs> love those new suspenders, my dude. Who'd you hock them off of? Smiles follow Char. Yeah. Well, you might expect uh, some amount of handsiness. It has been strongly discouraged and you don't experience that. Awesome. You get to the tent of the leaders and you uh, you identify the overseer who you had talked to the first day on the train. Mm-hmm. Mr. Wing. Not young ah. Wing, <laughs> to be clear, uh, but we're going to adopt that name again for this purpose. Cool. Ah, uh, Mr. Wing, how are you doing today? Miss Shah, it is always a pleasure to have you in our camp. I am so delighted every day that I get to uh, interact with you and all of these wonderful people. I unfortunately have some bad news. And uh, that bad news is the male leaders that we took with us to go and talk to the martial law people. Yeah, so they're going to jail, but it's going to be okay because we are all going to go and march on the Capitol in a nonviolent march with umbrellas. And 
all of you should come with us because if we do this, then I think we can end this strike for good, hopefully, but at least save the people who went to jail and get word out about our good movement and possibly get more people with more resources to join us. I see. And when you say all of us, who exactly do you mean? Uh, everyone in the camp who is able and willing. I will never force any of you to do anything. All I can hope is that you and your men and the people behind you will come and, and join with us. I believe, you know, we have all of the women and possibly teenagers who are close enough to coming to age that will make the journey and, and do this march and hopefully be able to make the impact that we want. We would be happy to join you this time. Do you really believe this will be the end of our strike? If I'm being honest, I think that that's a, a bit of optimism. All I can hope is that it continues to move things in the right direction. And if it makes the impact that I think it can make, then yeah, I think it can end the strike. But if it doesn't end the strike, I know that it will end the martial law that has been put over us that prevents us from being able to move forward in a safe manner. Where we come from... We have not the use of our voices in politics this way. I hope you can be right, Char, because it is getting cold. And the rations, they are not as much as they used to be. Hey, we've got some potatoes left. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you and your men and celebratory bonfire. We can make some potato stew, have, you know, some ale. Um, <laughs> whatever, whatever spirits are available to us. And I would love to encourage a little bit more mingling between the groups in camp. As time passes, as we keep holding these English classes and Chinese classes, that everyone will be able to continue to get along and uh, understand each other a little bit better. You will find this acceptable. Thank you. Uh, we leave in the morning. So uh, anything I can do to help you and, and those around you get ready, please let me know. We will keep you informed of our progress. The camp has become a hive of activity. Everybody is moving uh, to gather supplies for a trip. Obviously, uh, not everyone will be able to make the trip, but a lot of people will. Some people have to stay and take care of the things there. As you head towards sleep that night, Char, you check your phone, as you always do. And uh, there is a video link that can open with Effie. Char's heart is like pounding and she clicks on the link, uh, counting the seconds to see if it will like connect or disconnect. Char? Effie, hey, hey, oh my God, it's been so long. Yeah, I, how are you? Oh, you know, um, I'm okay. Uh, Van Helsing and Ralph are, were arrested, but you know, um, Mother Jones and I are going to go march on the Capitol tomorrow and... That's, uh, you know, hopefully that'll be good. How are you? Well, marching on the Capitol. That's something you'll be good at. I'm fine. We're in the void. Mm, that makes sense. What, what are you guys up to? What are you doing? Soon we will land and try to find out where that cyborg who attacked you came from. Oh, man. That's what we're doing, right? <laughs> I'll be honest. I, like, totally forgot that I was attacked by a cyborg. I feel like so much has happened between now and then. But good for you guys for continuing to investigate that. It's okay, Char. Don't worry. I will protect you. It's so good to hear your voice. I feel like, um... 
I don't know. I uh, probably like imagine you talking to me like, <laughs> I, I don't know. That sounds stupid. <laughs> just just forget I said it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, Van Helsing Planet Potatoes. <laughs> Potatoes are a very efficient crop. Sometimes I talk to you while I'm in the shower. Oh. Okay. Wow. You know, just like what I would say to you if I could call you that day. About yeah. what's going on and about how Zuman eats all the snacks. Man, Zuman. I wish I had some snacks. Um, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one, I guess. Um, uh, have you found out anything about your dad? My father. No, not yet. Maybe the person who we meet about the cyborg will be able to tell me more about the organization. Anyway, I believe he's dead, so... Yeah, well, I really hope that you're able to figure out, you know, what's going on. Um, I'm just, I'll keep you, know, you updated. There in your head saying, go Effie, you're cool, you're so fine, yeah. It's funny because you really are in my head right now. <laughs> I mean, like, my phone is in my head, and you're talking right? to me on the phone, so oh my gosh. you're in my head, and yeah. sometimes it's hard to tell <laughs> if you're really on the phone or if it's just in my head. Oh, well, this one's not just in your head, but it's fine to know that there's other times when it is in your head. Hey, um, uh, you know, speaking that's, of something that's funny... That's you would say, even if you <laughs> weren't on the phone. Oh, no. <laughs> um, speaking of something <laughs> funny, though... Uh, I so we're doing this umbrella march, right? And I told Mother Jones that we should have <laughs> shotguns in our umbrellas. And she was like, "No, you shouldn't do that." And I was like, "Well, but Effie would do that." And I thought it was really funny, but no one really laughed cuz I don't know if they like knew you very well and knew that your arms could become umbrellas that were also shotguns, <laughs> but they're missing out. <laughs> Yes, my arms could become umbrella shotguns. You're so clever, Char. Umbrellas are a great shape to hide a shotgun. I know. I'm going to make one. <laughs> Do it. I don't know how much longer we have. Like, these connections usually short out after a while. But um, I just want you to know that, like, when we hang up, like, I'm thinking about you. And, yeah, um, there's some pretty clothes in my closet that you can wear. We're kind of similar in size. Yeah. Okay. I, I... Might have already gone in your closet, and um, I miss you. Char uh, looks at her phone and sets it down in her lap, and she puts a hand on either side of her head and goes, "She goes, that's what you end on. <laughs> you tell her about the shotgun umbrellas. God." Hey everyone, thanks for showing up to another episode of the Fantasy Adventure Machine. Excited you can make it, and we can't wait to see you next week. But don't forget, on Saturday, Uncle Stan has his first mushroom hunting challenge coming up, and I don't know why he was winking so much when he said it.